All right, I want to I, I want to get straight into this because um, we we obviously have the topic that that we're discussing in the episode, but there are a handful of news things. There were like two big news things that happened this week that I do want to talk about. So I want to talk about the first one before we actually really get get the ball rolling, and that is so uh, Star Wars. And and other Lucasfilm properties are now all going to be housed under the umbrella uh, Lucasfilm Games, which begs the question, uh, Hitbox, why did you do a Star Wars themed episode like <laughs> five weeks ago? Why didn't you just wait until there was actual Star Wars news? And to that I say, yeah, man, because early because earlier this week when this news was coming out, I was like, oh, easy topic for this week of what we're going to talk about Star Wars games. And then I was like. Yeah, we did that. We did do and that. We didn't even like do it on May the 4th. Like, no, <laughs> it was just like <laughs> it was December or something. But um, what do you what do you think about that? I, that's fine. I mean, there's no difference. It's just like instead of EA going to be making them all. Now we get Ubisoft, another company who has traditionally super solid launches and doesn't have a bunch of loot box shit in their games. And <laughs> well, I mean, that is technically true about not having their loot boxes in there when we're talking about the um, Indiana Jones game, but the open world Star Wars game, is, is, isn't is that being created by Massive? I thought it was Ubisoft. Oh, and now we look at the articles Justin shared that I didn't look at. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is an article from TheGuardian.com. Written by Keith Stewart. Does this not say Ubisoft? Ubisoft is working on a new open world Star Wars adventure. That's the first sentence of this. Yeah, but it's uh, it'll be handled by the publishing studio that did the Division One and Division Two, which Peter, those are in fact open world looter shooter games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, uh, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, I joked earlier, but like a minute ago. I mean, I like Ubisoft's games more than EA's games, and and also, I mean, I've never played any any of the Division games, but I know you for one like them, and I know that they are pretty popular and also pretty good, right? Yeah, I, I think they they play super well, they shoot super well. I think the loot is actually kind of fun in them, and oddly enough, mm-hmm. like I, it, while it does give me PTSD for the world we live in today, the world is kind of fun. Sure, sure, I I know what you mean. It, they're set in what DC, aren't they? Uh, New York and oh, D.C. I see what and, you mean. Yeah, isn't it funny how it's a pandemic <laughs> in D.C. in which people have taken over the Capitol building, and that is, in fact, what the plot of The Division 2 is. This country is a nightmare hellscape. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, I agree. That is, that's kind of wild. Um, I think that this is fine. I'm actually excited because, to my understanding, the EA had an ex- exclusivity deal until 2023, and it seems that that is no longer the case, which... I mean, sure, you know, you can have big AAA studios uh, making Star Wars games, but if that really starts to fizzle out and Star Wars gets to be a little bit more in the gaming world, similar to how Star Wars was in, like, the book extended universe world way back when, where it was kind of like, it was relatively simple to get that brand and get that license, you know, like, like as an author. Um, so, so I would, I would love to see what smaller like independent studios would make out of star Wars games. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I would like adding to that, uh, think about Nintendo. Nintendo has always been someone who's very like, we're going to make our first party games, but all the games that they've come out recently with that aren't 
first party, but still using first party characters. You have your Mario plus Ravage, Hyrule Warriors. Did I say Ravage? Mario plus Rabbids. You did. You did. Mario uh, plus Rabbids, Samurai. Um, uh, (laughs) uh, The Hyrule Warriors, uh, the Crypt and the Necrodancer with the Hyrule Mm -hmm. one. Like that only like opening up your properties. Granted, you're careful with them. You don't want to just send like your Nintendo or Star Wars to anyone. If you give it to a big place like Ubisoft, I'm sure that's going to come up with something. Yeah. I mean, basically, Assassin's Creed is just Star Wars, but without the like lightsabers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and force. So I, I think that it could be cool. Uh, I'm excited to see what comes of that. Additionally, uh, Bethesda Games Studios... Well, well, I think Bethesda's publishing it, and Machine Games is making Correct. it. Correct, correct. Um, announced that they are doing an, an Indiana Jones game, which I am a fan of Indiana Jones. Are you? Yeah, I love Indiana Jones. I love the Crystal Skull, uh, unpopularly. Do you really? Yeah, it's Do fun. You actually? <laughs> it's fun. Dude, come on. It's like fun. Oh my he's, gosh, he's, come he's on. In a, he's in a refrigerator. Yeah. And he that, survives that, like, a nuclear blast. Like, that is awesome. He's a superhero. Imagine what they can the, do uh, with that. If that's the, the Indiana Jones we have. We have a mutated nuclear bomb surviving Indiana Jones. You get, like, upgrades, like a third arm that you can do more stuff yeah. with. Come on now. So, um, I, that does sound fun, Justin. Uh, and, and I will go on record and say, like, I don't hate Crystal Skull. Like, I know there are people out there who are, like, uh, I don't know, making it their personality to hate that movie. I think it's fine. I just don't think it's, like, necessary when you look at the first three. And I'm curious what they're going to do with this next one that's apparently coming out in four years <laughs> or whenever. <laughs> um, but I will say that that the new Indiana Jones game... Uh, let me pull up this article here. This is titled Details in the Indiana Jones Game. Teaser may reveal the game setting. This is by uh, Peter Hunt Spitek from DualShockers.com. Um, and oh, he wrote... I know that person. He wrote this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, friend of the show. That, that a Twitter u- user was able to find some clues that might reveal the setting of the game. Um, that it is, quote, set in the Vatican City in October 1937. At least some part of it. You can see the Sistine Chapel on the map. So... That could be cool. I think that could be fun. I'm curious what kind of game it's going to be because Machine Games made Wolfenstein and uh, those games rule. But I don't know if like a first person shooter Indiana Jones game is like the way I would want to play it. Yeah, that wouldn't be my first choice. I, I remember going back, speaking of the Lucasfilm or LucasArts games, uh, yeah. my experience with the Indiana Jones games was the Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. Have you played that game? Is that a point and click? Uh, it's kind of like an adventure game, sort of. It's it's not quite like the adventure one. You might be thinking of the fate of Atlantis. Or, yes, or I one. played that one, and I played uh, Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings on the Wii. Ooh, that was actually a really good game. Did, at least it was in my child brain. It used those Wii motes pretty well. In my memory, it did up until it didn't. So <laughs> let me give you. Let me give you. Oh, you've dropped an image in our Discord chat. Oh, is that the? Yeah, this the, is this is the Infernal Machine one. Well, at least what it kind of looked like. Got it. Uh, Staff of Kings, like, it controlled normally where, you know, you got the nunchuck and it was like a video game, you know, (laughs) like, because it it was like in third person up until I believe it got to like shooting sections because there were like punch sections, there were puzzle sections, and that was all regular. Then there were like shooting sections, and I believe you just like got behind cover and you aimed the Wiimote and like bang, 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 right? Okay, kind of like a light gun, light gun game. 
Yeah, exactly. And then there were other sections, like there's a section where you have to fly a plane where you use the Wiimote, you like hold it up in the air as if it's like a joystick, like straight up in the air, and then you tilt it which way you want like the plane to go as if you are like, if you don't, I mean, that's not how planes work, but like I can see how you might think that that's how it should be controlled on, on a Wii remote. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, with the tools you got, that's how you got to fly, you know? But hey, we're not we're not only talking about Star Wars today. No, we've got we've got some some other stuff. We are going to talk about Cyberpunk a little bit, but then we're also going to do a little a little audit of Justin McElroy's video game history. McElroy? Oh my gosh, I did it. <laughs> it's the first time it yeah, happened. Let's do it. Let's look at Justin McElroy. Let's see what he's up to right now. I I'm can't really believe I his. did that. I cannot believe I did that. You looked at me so puzzled and I was like, "What?" Um Oh my I thought gosh. that was a joke at first. No, oh. no, it's just an audit of Justin Makovich. It's close, see, uh, and I, yeah, whatever. Um, my bad. I apologize. Uh, of of Justin Makovich's uh, video game history. So no, this, this is hip hop. <laughs> So smooth too. Uh, yeah, whatever. you know, it happens. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Twenty six episodes didn't happen 26. once. I mean, those odds are pretty good. I'll take the. I will take those odds. Uh, that's what the Mandalorian guy says. Yeah, never It'll tell me those odds. Episode. Oh, that's also in another Star Wars one. Um, yeah, but uh, my name is Peter Hunt Spitzek, and and joining me this week is Justin Madkovich. Um, I just wanted to really, really hit that there. Uh, I want to talk about the games that we're playing. Very briefly before we get into talking about Cyberpunk. So what have you been playing, Justin? Um, I've been playing... So I've been playing Cyberpunk, of course, because I feel like this yeah. is the game that's just like a quick like half hour every once in a while. I'll get a couple missions done, punch someone in the face. Sure. You know, you're good. I started playing Ori in the Blind Forest, and uh, that game, uh, I did not know it was a sadness simulator because yeah. the first ten, five minutes, the prologue, so to speak, is mm-hmm. literally one of the most depressing and sad things ever. So I have heard this. I heard that you have to play like a tears tax to yeah. actually play the game. I, I, I plan on playing it at some point, but if this is the prologue, I'm going to say like it doesn't count as spoilers. Right. <laughs> what What makes it so sad? It's in, aren't you like a little fun little forest guy? Yeah, so you're a little, little, you're a little white thing. I believe you're Ori. Don't, don't ask me though because I'm, I'm not really following along that much. Um, but okay. then, then you're basically like a little orphan little orphan thing and this big old bear dude finds you and is gonna is like becomes your surrogate friend father person and it's like you building up this area and like becoming friends and you go from being an orphan to having a friend and then like it slowly starts to change that you're alone and you're picking up food and then you go to get the food back to the big old bear guy and then you get back to the cave and he's freaking dead like he's like he's like slouched over in your home and then you like oh. go to shake him and he just like collapses. And then it's like, and then you were an orphan again. And then you like leave and then you die. What? And then you're brought back to life by a tree. Doesn't really make sense to me quite yet. But basically, the tree sacrifices itself for you. But oh. that was like in the first five minutes. Oh. Like there was montages of your relationship and how good it was. Dang. 
and then your your blue friend dies. Uh, but the not, game not is not the blue friend. Yeah, not yeah, your blue friend. But the <laughs> game overall, it's a Metroidvania type of thing. I think it's more of a Metroidvania than I was expecting it to okay. be. Um, the combat itself is basically you have this little like light thing that you kind of whip around and hit people with, um, mm-hmm. and you're exploring a world. Very you know, come back here once you get the double jump or whatever it is. So it, it's what you'd expect, with the exception of how they do checkpoints. Um, they have their like save areas, but they also have this like meter of uh, saving that charges up. And um, you can basically drop that down at any point you want. So if you're about to do a really hard puzzle, you can drop that down before it. So if you keep dying at it, then you can like keep retrying it over and over and over again without having to like go back. But then once you get through that hard part, you've already used your charge of the save before it. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like you're doing this risk ward analysis the whole time being like, should I save here or should I save after the hard part? Or maybe there's another hard part I should save it for. So it kind of like it's uh, okay. like you're dropping like your little spirit form everywhere. And it just kind of makes those little moments kind of fun to like think about. Like, I think I can go a little further this time. And then you like fall into like poison water. and You're like, oh, no, maybe you made a bad choice there. I thought it'd be more of a relaxing, fun story game. Instead, it's a sad uh, Metroidvania game that made me sure. real sad like i was on a break like my lunch break and i started playing and i was like i was not ready for oh. this <laughs> you just come back and you're on a video and they're like uh mr makovich why are your eyes all puffy and red like no nah, it's uh, uh allergy uh covid i have, I have <laughs> oh, coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh other than that i've been uh playing the demo for monster hunter rise on the switch okay but it's a game that I really think it's one that will have lasting power if you have your friends to play it with you. Um, sure, okay. I always like thought it was like a Dark Souls game, but it's not. It's much more like... I've heard that it's like similar... People compare it to Dark Souls in the same way that Dark Souls is completed by bashing your head against a wall until the wall eventually crumbles down. In the same, And apparently Monster Hunter is the same in that sort of feeling, but it's not like a... It's not like a Souls game. Yeah, exactly. Like it's the, just like challenging. It's like you're just basically hunting down Dark Souls bosses that yeah, yeah. that you have to try to kill. Uh so, you know, if you're if you're someone who's heard of Monster Hunter and want to play it, I suggest you at least pick it up and see uh if it's something you like. And if you don't like a million different menus and different stats and sharpening your blades and whatever the heck they're gonna make you do next, <laughs> uh maybe don't play it. But this is a free opportunity to test it out. I may talk about Assassin's Creed real quick. Please. I uh, I think I beat it, which Justin, <laughs> that's not, shouldn't be a response. It's a when you bad, beat a game. <laughs> correct. Right. Like, like when I finished a game, when you finish a game, you shouldn't be like, did I do it? Because I know you're going to play this game and, uh, I do like it. I would recommend it to people. So I'm not trying to spoil the ending here, but what I will say is that there are like three endings. Okay. I, I think I talked last week about how I thought that I did a thing that was like wrapping the story up. And then it didn't. But my problem with Assassin's Creed is that as soon as I get like, wow, this beautiful, I, I'm really invested in this story with Eivor and, and this whole, like, the whole story I'm really invested in, it reminds you like, pull him out of the animus, quick! And you're like, oh gosh, I forgot that <laughs> this is going on. And yeah. apparently it's a direct continuation from Odyssey and uh, apparently some stuff happened at the end of Odyssey in terms of these characters. I'm like, like, spoiler alert, let's just say you see some certain characters wearing present-day clothes, and you're like, what? <laughs> How? What? In, in, oh, in Odyssey? Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, interesting. 
Hmm. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Food for thought. Because now, now that you say that, it makes me think about like, well, that thing that I definitely didn't understand is <laughs> like makes a little bit more sense. Though that, but that, also, that, that's not like yeah. at the end of the main story. That's like once you hundred percent it, then that's like the I guess not secret ending, but like that's like sure. the ultimate real ending. Once you do all this other stuff, so once you beat the main story, then it like is like then it keeps going a little bit. I've enjoyed it. I will say this though, a character shows up who apparently who's a bad guy that we saw one time uh, about 30 hours into the game. And I was about 60 hours in when I experienced this character again and they built it up. Like you didn't see his face. You know, they were like building it up. Who's this character. And then he finally turns around and I was like, I don't know you know who you are. Well, and And then he's like, don't you remember me from 30 hours ago? The one conversation we had, I was like, Oh, yeah, you should have been a more commanding force, I think, or like a more present villain. All right, let's let's talk about Cyberpunk. Um, so, okay, so to bring you up to speed in case you weren't aware, as we have talked about, Cyberpunk was a very, very, very messy release um, for, for a lot of reasons. And basically last week, CD Projekt Red, the developers for Cyberpunk, put out a statement saying, we're sorry, this is why this happened, um, and here's the plan moving forward. We're going to do DLCs, we're going to do patches, the DLC is going to be free, the patches are going to be free, all that kind of stuff. And basically, the head of the studio, um, Adam Badowski, resp- uh, let, me, let me back up a little bit. Jason Schreier, who is a very, very famous, very well-known uh, games journalist, wrote an article for his website, not his website, but the website he works for, Bloomberg, um, titled Inside Cyberpunk 2077's Disastrous Rollout, where he talked to, it's, he says, like, over 20 different developers who, one decided not to be anonymous, but the other 19 or so um, either ha- currently work at CD Projekt Red or used to work at CD Projekt Red. And he, made a, he makes a lot of claims um, about... Here's why Cyberpunk was so disastrous. And the, st- the head of the studio, Adam uh, Badowski, had a response that I thought was interesting. What, Justin, were your initial thoughts on this response that he made? Or I guess I guess your initial thoughts also on the, the article uh, that sort of started this all. I mean, so the the response uh, from CD Projekt Red uh, mm-hmm. kind of focused on three areas, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. Which was about the fact that the E3 demo was uh, alleged to be entirely faked. According to Jason Schreier and yes. the, the people that he interviewed. Correct. Yeah. Um, the other thing was that the staff knew it wouldn't be ready for release. Yeah, and the other thing was about uh, the use of um, using. Uh, I think they were, like speaking Polish in the in the company when they were supposed to be speaking English as like the company wide language, right? Yeah. Uh, and like reading the responses, like I kind of like these responses, whether or not they're slanted or not, um, whether the reporting is slanted or not, because I yeah. think the truth is obviously in between these narratives. Mm-hmm. People were obviously unhappy who worked there. Um, there was clearly uh, issues with some the game, problems. some problems with the <laughs> yeah. game. But like, I think the response from Adam uh, Badowski really kind of goes into game development as a whole and kind of yeah. talks about like that game development is never as easy or as clean as people think it is. 
Yes. It's not an easy process. Making a video game is not easy. Um, yes. So um, with the E3 demo, uh, I, I don't believe they ever were selling that E3 demo as this is exactly what the final game is going to be. So real quick, this is the quotation from the article that Jason Trier wrote. It says, fans and journalists were wowed by Cyberpunk uh, Cyberpunk 2077's ambition and scale. What they didn't know was that the demo was almost entirely false. Now, I believe this is a demo from, was it 2016 or 20... Real quick, and also before we get into this, I do want to say, and, and I think you and I sit in a similar spot on this, and I'm curious what you think. I am personally, like, completely uh, against, like, developer crunch because I don't think that people should be treated that way. And CD Projekt Red, uh, before this game came out, um, said, we are not going to um, have anyone crunch on this game. And then, like, a week later, they sent out, like, company-wide mandates, like, we're working six days a week. Um, so I pers- that's, that's personally where I stand on this. And I don't think that that is, uh, like, defendable. Do you know what I'm saying? I think crunch is a reductive term uh, to a well, not it's it's more it's been used as an umbrella term for a lot of different things. I think when a yeah. company is forcing people to work overtime uh, to a for an extended period of time for a point that you know it doesn't have any real end and is kind of backed by mismanagement, I think that's a problem. Um, yes, companies have overtime all the time. Like that, that, that's yeah. a thing that happens when certain things need to get done. I understand that. Um, but it's when a company does not handle overtime correctly, they make it something that lasts too long. If they create a culture of that, that's where it can become a problem. Yes. Um, but I think crunch is way more complicated than crunch is good or bad. Yes. Yes. I, I would agree. And, and crunch does um, obviously does not just exist in the like sphere of video game development. Like, I mean, you and I, for our job at the high school, put in way more time than is Correct. like probably appropriate to ask of us. I mean, you way more than me. But um, well, if, if if any high school teacher would stick to fair compensation for their hours, um, <laughs> you know, like it's, right, right. Uh, what what I'm trying to say is, I agree with you. It's not as black and white yeah. as saying this is bad or good. But you know. When people are like bringing sleeping bags into the office because they're like, well, we have to finish this game. Otherwise, I don't get money. <laughs> like, I don't get a bonus. I don't get whatever. Um, that's bad. When it's like, yes, go home, see your kids. You know, like <laughs> this, this should not be where you live. Um, so I, I found it that the demo that they showed off um, was in 2018. Uh, Bloomberg, uh, Jason Trier is, is stating that. It was completely and entirely fake based on the people that he talked to. Uh, so let me let me read some of this response from um, Adam Badowski, again, the studio head at CD Projekt Red. He says this. It's hard for a trade show game demo not to be a test of vision or vertical uh, or, or vertical slice two years before the game ships. But that doesn't mean that it's fake. Compare the demo with the game. Look at the dum-dum, uh, the dum-dum scene or the car chase or the many other things. What people reading your article may not know is that games are not made in a linear fashion and start to and start looking like the final product only a few months before launch. If you look at that demo now, it's different. Yes, but that's what the work in progress watermark is for. Our final game looks and plays way better than that demo ever was. I, that makes sense to me. 
Yeah. I mean, like, it, games are... You, you can't say, okay, let's get a demo of your game in 2018 and say, like, oh, well, this is, like, exactly 100% what the game is. You, you just can't, you know? Um, and if I'm correct... Yeah, that Cyberpunk 2018 demo, um, that was basically, like, the first mission... Sort of not the first mission. That was the one when you're when you do that whole thing with the biotech company and the yes. weird face people. Yeah, yeah. Like that was pretty similar. Yeah. Like I mean, like I uh, sure some of it was different, right? But, like, but I remember like them talking about that and then playing it, and I was like, I remember this. And yeah. we were talking before uh, we started recording about Halo 2 and how egregious that demo was versus the reality of it in terms of like yeah. what it was actually showing. But, I mean, you, you look at Halo 2. So, if you don't know, in redacted year, um, Peter in post put the year in. Um, the Halo 2 had a demo that was shown off at like an E3 or some trade show event that was it's supposed to be a section ripped directly from the game, but it was 100% not. It was completely, completely fake and generated and scripted. And people were kind of mad about that because they're like, well, show us the game. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you think about that demo of Halo 2, I remember I, I didn't watch it when it came out because I was that was not my i was a child but um, <laughs> like look, like looking at it now you look at that game and you're like yeah that's halo 2 like it doesn't happen exactly like that in the video game but like looking at that you see the battle rifle you see okay we're in the streets of new Mombasa, so we're on earth now like you get the vibe and you're like okay i want to play this game and i don't think that that demo is completely unrepresentative of what the actual game is right Right. Because I don't think it was claiming to be. I mean, I, I mean, I guess it was, but... I, I'd be mad as a consumer if they show something in 2018 and then two years from down the road, it hasn't changed at all. Because right. that means what were they doing for those past two years? Like, they weren't iterating, they weren't bug testing, they weren't fixing, they weren't, you know... Like, there's so much stuff that, that, that yeah. happens in game development. And w not only for video games, but in movies, when you release a trailer, you're releasing something before it's ready to be released to gauge interest by the time it is released that you mm -hmm. want to see it. Like, that's why trailers all the time have, uh, have images that aren't in the final movie. They're cut out, yeah. things change. Exactly. It's just part of... That's part of media, well, and here's the thing. I could understand being mad if they were like, this is us playing the Cyberpunk 2077 on, an, on a base PS4. I get that, and then shit, like seeing what it looks like afterwards, but like... Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's just, it's not one-to-one -one like that. I'm just picturing them coming out with like an Apple II and look, Cyberpunk even runs on this. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So I just like the idea that all these people are like, I can't believe how fake that demo was. It's like, well... Yeah, a little bit. Or you look at, like, Last of Us Part 2. I remember, uh, so it's Seattle Day 2. You meet, that's when you meet the um, Seraphites. That whole section it was that demo. that the, uh, Not the demo. The gameplay trailer, I guess. Um, and I watched it recently. It's pretty similar to what the actual game ended up being. Is it exactly the same? No. <laughs> but that's just because things changed about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like we're both saying the same thing, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I am not as mad as other people are about like, oh, I was lied to about Cyberpunk. Yeah, be mad about, you were lied to about the fact that it would run on consoles, not about a game demo from two years exactly. ago. Exactly, like like that, like 
there are valid reasons to to be upset with CD Projekt Red in this game. Like, I don't want to sound like you're like we're defending CD Projekt Red for stuff necessary no. for everything, but like, there's a reason that things aren't 100 percent what they were when you first preview something or demo right. something. And, and and we've talked about the fact that like, well, they definitely lied about a lot of stuff, yeah. and and that is bad. And and I don't think that, I mean. I don't think it's good, but what I am saying is that like their responses to some of the things that are were brought up, I can't believe that that's what people are mad about because I thought that the response is fine enough. Um, one of the other quotes from the article that, that Adam Badowski addresses, it says this, most of the staff knew and apparently said it wouldn't be ready for release in 2020. And, and he brings up a very good point. He says, you talked with 20 people, some being ex-employees, only one of whom is not anonymous. I wouldn't call that most of the over 500 people uh, staff that you uh, that's openly said what you claim. I feel like at this point, you're sort of arguing the idea of like what is most uh, like everybody. You know, it's just like a phrase that I guess we throw out a lot. But I mean, I think th- I think there's a point where you are, you know, like think about you when you're video editing and like you're like, oh, this can be done in, in, in a day or this can be done in two days. And then like you get there and you realize like, oop, no, it can't. And like for a little bit, you like in your head, you say to yourself like, no, no, I can still get this done. And then slowly but surely that realization starts hitting you like, actually, I don't think. Ooh, I don't know about. Ooh, then the doubt starts to seek in. Like I think that's yeah, norm, yeah. normal human kind of re- reactions to stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Things always take longer than you think they will, and I think yeah. video games are no different. Um, I think at a point, and this is why, like, out of the critiques in this one, I don't think he responds to this one well. I'm sure people knew it wasn't going to be like what it needed to be when it was released undeniable right <laughs> like people, people like there's no way i i had a problem with with their response video that they did it was like five minutes I'm, i watched it when i was getting out of the shower so my memory of it is not great but um like i don't know if they ever correct me if i'm wrong i don't know if they said like yes we lied and we knew that this game wouldn't work on an xbox one they were do they say that not that clearly right that's what i'm saying so like yeah, some people knew that this game wasn't going to be ready to ship for consoles in that way before this game right, came out. Right, but like from from the business perspective, like I'm sure ultimately they did the math and they decided to just send it anyway because they the money they would lose, the PR they would lose is not mm-hmm. worth it. It is not worth it. It's not bad. It doesn't outweigh the cost of delaying it or canceling all pre-orders. Right, right. And I'm curious about. And again, I'm not. I am not defending CD Projekt. Right, right like cuz I think that's but, terrible. Like if you know the game's not going to work and you're like, "Well, it's okay to have people mad at us. We'll we'll actually make more money doing this than canceling pre-orders." That's wrong. Yeah. That's wrong. Yes. <laughs> but that's what they did. Uh, <laughs> it, correct. And I think that there is a lot of th- wrong things that they have done. Yeah. Um, but I will say like I'm curious what the actual people making the decisions knew about those um base console editions. And like, if the programmers go to like the the CEOs and they're like, "This is what's going to happen." Like, there's no way we're making it by 2020. And then the CEO is like, "Well, we got to make it by 2020. Work a little, you know, work over time in order to do it." And then like the 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 people in response are probably not the programmers aren't like, huh, "Well, actually, we need overtime for like the rest of like time in order to do this." Yeah. Like, there's this awkward like corporate structure that again clearly dysfunction and poor communication within CD Projekt Red here. Um, yeah, but like. I, I don't know if I need an article to understand that. 
<laughs> That's the whole thing. Like reading the article, like there wasn't any information where I was like, whoa, that is really, really interesting. Because it was like, did people know in in the company that this game wasn't ready? Yeah, people knew. Right. <laughs> like for sure right. people knew. Uh, was it, you know, was that demo like, like according to the article, fake? Yes, but again, I think it's misleading calling it fake in that way because it makes it seem like CD Projekt Red was like misleading people into thinking that this is that the demo is going to be exactly what the game is going to be because it's pretty close. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's in the same way you know we talked about The Last of Us or whatever. Like it's not necessarily like needing to be exactly what the game is two years before it comes out. I'm just going to say, I don't need a journalism degree to understand what went wrong with this game. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly, yeah. So obviously this game was a nightmare, and there are some very real reasons for that, and some clearly, like, bad business practice, bad direction, bad organization, a lot of bad things that are, I would say, like, like morally wrong. <laughs> You know, in, uh, in it, terms it, of a lot it of breaks stuff. a lot of business ethics, I would say. Like, if we're talking about yes. like, what what best practices are for a business, I think violated a lot of that stuff. Yes, but I feel like a lot of that article uh, from Bloomberg doesn't like it's not hitting the right ones to be mad about. You know, you know what I'm saying? And I, it sort of feels like we've already heard the worst of what happened with this game, and it sort of feels like yesterday's news at this point, but. I would say, though, um, I mean, Jason Schreier's article did cover a lot more than those three bullet points of there being yes, issues. Yes, it did. You know what I mean? Like, so yes, it did. For yes, CD yes, Projekt yes. Red to be like, these are the three things we feel comfortable talking about kind of leads you to believe that they're not admitting to a lot of other stuff. But, I mean, we know. What are they going to say? Right. Uh, we we, li- we lied to make money. <laughs> yeah, we and we appreciate all of the pre-orders that you so silly pre-ordered. You know, like, don't pre-order stuff, people. Step one. I did. Oh, well. I got a cool little steel book. Huh. A guy, he's getting cyber implants or something. Huh. He's sitting in a chair. When did you pre-order it? Like the week before. Huh. Why? Oh, no. I, I, I'm i just... I, I, I would just not pre-order a game. I mean, maybe. like when, And by that point, it was a week before reviews came out. <laughs> like, yeah. You should... Like, <laughs> right. you heard good things about it because they lied about the bad things. Well, like, here's what I'll say about, like, pre-ordering stuff. I didn't necessarily pre-order this game because I was, like, on the hype train, but, like, I did, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with pre-ordering things because, you know, if Cyberpunk was exactly what it was marketed as, marketed as and, like, you know, shown off to be, then yeah, that game would have been dope. I would have wanted to play that right away. But obviously that didn't happen and couldn't happen and, and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I, I played it. I liked it. I finished it. I don't think I'm going to return to it until the next-gen update comes out or the DLC or whatever they do. But. Which, according to that apology, is not going to be as soon as they made it seem. Like, if you look no. at that timeline they put up there, there's some suspect moving of, like, how much is a year? What part of the year is that in? Because it looked like it was in, like, the... The, the latter third of yes. the year. So <laughs> yes. don't be appreciating this. Expect that anytime soon. I do have to say, um, in my playing of Cyberpunk, the amount of mm-hmm. crashes as I'm lo- like going in the open world and usually driving around from one world to another, um, it's to the point now where I'm I'm frustrated with it beyond beyond yeah. acceptance. 
Um, and I know they keep saying that they've released another they released another patch or whatever like that. It still crashes all the time for me. Thank you, PlayStation Five, for being one of the worst places to play Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Super forty one hours that, into it. Gotta get that Series X. That's all I'm saying. If if Cyberpunk. the reason if the reason I get the Series <laughs> X is to replay Cyberpunk so it doesn't crash, do I'm do I'm do lost. Do I'm a lost human no. being. Um, no. Going back to Cyberpunk really quick, uh, I did yeah. uh, play through another ending, and I know we okay, talked yeah, about that in saying. our spoiler cast, but a quick summary of my thoughts. When we went into our spoiler cast discussion, I told you I got the worst ending. Yeah. Then you told me your ending, and I was like, no, you got the worst ending. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then I played the other option uh, in which I went with the company. I like I helped yeah. uh, Hanako. Uh, no, that's the worst option. Oh really? Oh my god, it's bad. The the second you decide to help out uh Hanako, um like all the people around you are like, "Wait, you're doing that?" And they start like judging you real hard. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, made the wrong choice. Right. Well, I don't know what I expected. But I got <laughs> that trophy. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh speaking of trophies, <gasps> I you, Justin, for the first time ever, made your trophy list available to me to be able to see. And I have some thoughts about it. So I took a look this week at your uh, history of achievements on the Xbox and then um, your history of trophies on the PlayStation. And I would like to talk about those two things. I do have to say, when you say history of achievements, um, it's sad that my Xbox achievements are probably greater than my real-life achievements. Uh, that's not true. I think I'm a pretty successful person, but if I'm making a list, yeah. I have like maybe 10 to 12 things that I would say is an achievement for my adult life. But I have a lot of, what my, what, I have a lot of achievements on the Xbox. You do, you do. And, and you have a, a gamer score... <laughs> It's not great. And, and again, this is why I, this is why I love Xbox. Like, I love the idea of the gamer score. I wish PlayStation had it. They kind of do, but it's different. Uh, I just like a number. You know what I'm saying? Of being like, this is how many. This is the sum of your achievements. You have a whopping fourteen thousand seven hundred and ninety eight gamer score. Is that so? Congratulations on that number. Is that true? Yeah, I looked at it. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Oh, got it. Got it. Got fourteen. Yeah, you're right. Correct. Is that high? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I'm at like 22,000. Okay, cool. So is that high? I remember in high, in high school, I did not have over 10,000. Cool. And I played a lot of games then. Cool, cool. Okay, cool. So I would say, I would say that is a decent number. I also don't have like a lot of friends on like these, uh, these like social, like, like, like I don't have like a lot of Xbox friends or like PlayStation friends. So I don't know. Uh, I saw that and I was surprised as you are not traditionally an Xbox person. Uh, when you play Game Pass games on your computer, does that go like count to your certain ones? Gamer score? Do um, I don't know why not. the The one notable one I'm missing is um, uh, Blair Witch. Those trophies didn't pop at all. But yeah, I played okay. Oring the Blind Forest uh, is on there. I played that uh, exclusively on my computer. Um, uh, Rage Two exclusively on the computer. Gears Tactics again. Some of these I have minimal <laughs> gamer score in, but yes. um, I, I have played those ones exclusively on the computer. Sure. So, so the first thing that I noticed here is that you have a lot of Xbox 360 games on here. Is that from your account, like from? When you had an Xbox 360, or did you just go back and play these games on like Game Pass or whatever? Uh, no, I mean th this was from uh, when I first bought the Xbox. 
um, sure. uh, 360. Because I, I, I don't forget exactly when in the life. I don't. It wasn't immediately when the 360 came out. Um, mm-hmm. It was when the the white 360 came out. Whenever that was. Um, the the like the second wave of yeah them? the second wave of them after the whole red ring of death uh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay and stuff <clears throat> and I mean I had a I had an Xbox like an original Xbox but they, they didn't have achievements mm-hmm. yet if I believe no um, they did not. so then when I bought that one the first thing I played on it and the first uh, uh, achievement listed here was the orange box that was one of the first things I played and I, yes I played and yeah you have no achieve not none but like what four from the orange box. Which is odd because um, did I did you play it? Did you like do Half Life and and all that? I and Portal. I didn't play the. I I don't believe I played Portal on the Orange Box. I be, I played through um, the Half Life Two. Um, I don't know if it, if it went through as achievements or not, but I definitely played through that at one point. I would assume it'd be on the Xbox, but the achievements tell you that maybe I didn't. Um, <laughs> sure. Well, I would. Uh, I would say that the achievements tell you that you did not. Yeah, but I definitely did play through the original Half Life. I got to that whole part with the end with the gravity gun. I played Portal on my computer through Steam. Or yeah. Something. Okay. Well, yeah. it wasn't probably legal. Uh, I but I played uh, Portal and Portal <laughs> it's all two j- that way. Um, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, so additionally, I I was not there. Were, there was nothing on here that I was really surprised by in terms of being like, "Whoa, you really loved that game," because. I, from what it seemed like, you did not have any like 100% completion uh, games on on the Xbox. And, yeah, um, and I I I was never an achievement hunter. Sure. At all, I Got never it. I never went for achievements. I never even uh, fathomed 100%ing a game um, through uh, with with achievements. That was just never something I wanted to do. Um, and even with platinums, that wasn't an immediate. Yeah, I, I feel like when I was a kid. In, like in terms of playing games, the idea of getting 100% of all the achievements on a, any given game seemed like completely ludicrous. Mostly because I think it was a lot more common then to do like complete the game on normal, complete the game on hard, complete the game on nightmare, complete the game on ultra nightmare, complete. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I was like, well, I'm, I can't do that, you know. Yep. Or or if there that sort of criteria wasn't in there, it'd be like. Assassin's Creed and be like, well, I could never collect all 100 feathers. Right. You know? Yeah. I, um, I would never 100% platinum a game that has multiple playthroughs on the hardest difficulty level. Like, that's just not, right, that's not fun for me. Mm-hmm. The only time, uh, actually, we'll save it. We'll save it for next week. Okay. Um, because I think, I think you will notice one game that I have all achievements except for one. Um, and I, I did the game on the hardest difficulty, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So something I, I did notice here is that you have one achievement for the Tomb Raider reboot, which makes mm-hmm. me think that you played that game for less than an hour and said, not for me. Is that true? Do you not like those games? I Now, you'll, when, the three, when I had the 360, this was mm-hmm. right when I was in college, and I would yeah. say, like, my busiest time in my life, for, or the time where I, I, I played video games the least was when I was in college. Um, okay, Specifically, sure. yeah, per, pretty much all of college. Um, so you, you notice there's not a lot of depth in those games. And right. I did, in fact, purchase the original Tomb Raider reboot uh, when it came out. I played through the first thing when you get to the first campfire, and then I just didn't yeah. finish it. 
I have since played it. I don't know how carefully you checked my uh, trophies. Oh, I saw it. But I played I it, it on PS4. Got it. Um, like much after the fact or like... Significantly yeah, after the fact. Like this was probably say, oh, the, the 2019. Okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, also, Half-Life, sure. I played the original Half-Life 2 on the Xbox. Oh, Not sure, sure. The, 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 the orange, orange box, box, which makes it even an odder choice that that's the first game I played on. Sure. <laughs> on, <your laughs> on the 360, but regardless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, in terms of those those Tomb Raider games, I got that. I was... You know, that's, that's kind of weird. I was probably freshman in high school, like in your classes, when I got, I got a copy of Tomb Raider for my birthday. My aunt... Anne gave me a copy of that because I asked for it. I would probably not have been able to get my hands on an M-rated game in such a... Oh, was that M? Oh, yeah. I mean, you've seen how she dies. Like, that. that's a fetish. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With, like, spikes in it's, the head whatever. It is yeah. gruesome. I got a copy of that and a CD of Panic at the Disco's Too Weird to Live to Something to Die. What did um, you put in your Xbox first? Uh, the CD. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, it's a, there's like three good songs on there. Um, but the game's good. I like that game a lot. I like the series, uh, and I will be interested to talk about it next week because I think you'll notice a little pattern there. Uh-oh. Uh, I actually, I did, in fact, I played the first two like back-to-back. I bought the third one um, mm-hmm. because I played those before the third one came out. Then the third one came out. It was on sale at one point. I bought it, um, but I never played that one just because that was you know, time, and then I think I was a little played out at that point, but... Yeah, so I, we can talk about it r- real quick right now. Uh, so I loved the first one, the you know Tomb Raider reboot. I loved the second one, Rise of the Tomb Raider. And then I was so excited when the third one came out. It came out when I was in Australia. Uh, I asked for it for Christmas. I was super stoked. And usually, like, when I ask for a specific game for Christmas, it's like, you know, my older brother gets it for me or whatever because it's like, well, you want this particular game, you know? I'm just picturing uh, a kangaroo jumping around and delivering it to you. Yeah, no, I, so I, that's how they... That's, how they yeah, that's like their mail service. Yeah, and so well, instead of Amazon, they like instead of like you know Amazon trucks and whatever, they just have kangaroos in the pouches and stuff, um, which seems very comfortable. But I got the, a copy of that on Christmas. I was so stoked. I started playing it, and I was like, "This is fucking ridiculous!" Oh. <laughs> like, like this game is bad. Apparently, it was I think I don't think it was developed by the same. Uh, I don't know if Crystal Dynamics did it or whatever. But they had other uh, priorities at that point. Uh. Iron Man related, I'm sure. Yeah. But <laughs> it was like, it was, I was playing it and like, okay, you know, I, I can suspend my disbelief a little bit in terms of like, you know, jumping and falling and, and the amount of like punishment that these adventure characters like receive like physically. But she starts an event that like starts the end of the world. And I was like, all right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Tomb Raider. Come on. Like there's like floods everywhere, and that's when I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm good. Thank I, and you. which is sad to hear that because I thought the first two games were excellent. I thought the first one was great, and I thought the second one was like superior. I thought yeah. that was a really, really solid game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, whatever. Um, you have not finished the Halo Master Chief Collection. I believe when we started this podcast, that's when you were going through and playing through the Halo games, and you said you stopped. Yeah. At what point did you stop? A hard stop uh, in the middle of two. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no, no specific reason for it. Um, yeah. Because w- when I started, that was probably before I got my built my computer. 
Um, yeah, and then just kind tracks. of like my gaming space kind of changed a little bit. Um, and not that I couldn't play it still on the computer. I just, I don't know if they, they cloud sync the way you want to, so I don't want to have to replay stuff. Yeah. I know it's really easy on the Master Chief Play. I don't have an excuse for that. Um, sure. But I, I just think it was one of those things that I just remembered. Halo, Halo, I really liked Halo when I was younger. And yeah. I, you know, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I understand. I'm excited. <laughs> um, I believe I'm going to play through all the Halo games this year to get ready for Halo Infinite. When that uh, is no longer de- delayed infinitely. Indefinitely. Yeah. Indefinitely. Oh. Inde- I'm exci- uh, here's the thing though like I you know I, I have basically I don't like Halo 4 I didn't play it I didn't like Halo 4 so much that I did not play Halo 5 uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna love Halo Infinite but knowing that I will be able to revisit 1, 2, 3 ODST and Reach is something that's like oh th- that'll be a nice little little trip down memory lane mm-hmm. because I don't you know I don't know if they hold up necessarily super great in terms of like my nostalgia goggles off but i think remembering them will be a lot of fun you have no achievements for wolfenstein 2 did you just you put you put the disc in and you're like i don't like this game i don't like being on a submarine i don't like that i'm a like an old guy named bj blaskowitz what's you just you just didn't like it or what uh, do you know where I played the first Wolfenstein? I believe it was on the PS4. Okay, yeah. So I think at one point I had downloaded it for the for Game Pass, and then they removed it from Game Pass. Mm. So I was like legitimately going to play it. Like that was one of the things I, I I wanted to, and then they took it off. And I think right now only Young Blood is on there, but it became one of those things that I would have to buy it to play it, and I wasn't going to do that. Um, and I was hoping eventually it would be back, um, yeah. considering now that you know Microsoft Bethesda are the same company. And as you as you bring that up, I am looking uh, looking up to see if that is in fact the case. But yeah, I know. Because I didn't see it. I didn't see it on your PlayStation fo- on your your trophies. So yeah, I, I definitely did not one. play Wolfenstein Two. I did not get into that one. Um, got it. Got it. Got it. I know, and I want to because like I really I have I I. I th- think anyone who has a bad image of what Wolfenstein is in their mind they mm-hmm. don't realize the kind of story path that the the reboot takes i guess reboot yeah. is what they would call it um like that Wolfenstein 1 like that story like when when people were telling me or, or I was hearing about how Wolfenstein 1's story is like one of the, really the most amazing stories for a shooter. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you're this guy named BJ Blaskowitz. And then you play that right. first mission and it was kind of what I was expecting. Um, yeah. And then then once you get you, start, you get to that end of that first mission and you have to choose who dies and then you have that whole montage of you recovering and then I was like, oh, no, wait, this ain't, this ain't. Because it, it goes from a like, okay, uh, Nazis with, you know, giant mechs and mech suits and whatever like all right fine whatever and then it becomes like a really really like a very mature game about yeah you know war and the the you know effects it has on people and all this <laughs> stuff uh, it's good i would say i would say that wolfenstein 2 is not as good as the first one but i mean it's hard to be a nine when you're hanging out with tens but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a nine is a nine you know what i'm saying yeah so uh, i i i like that a lot i, I would highly recommend you play it. and i'm sure that they're I have no idea what their plans are 
I mean, obviously Machine Games is working on the Indiana Jones game that we were talking about earlier, but uh, I, I really hope that they do a third one because the second one, I'm not saying like it ends on a cliffhanger because it does have a lot of like resolution to it, but I feel like having a third game to be like, this is the Wolfenstein trilogy, this is over, um, I think would be would be quite good. Yeah, no, I because I, Youngblood I, is not that. I agree, <laughs> and I wonder with development wise, um, when did uh, Youngblood come out? And when actually when did Wolfenstein Two come out? Wolfenstein Two came out in twenty eighteen. So you would assume that that oh um, yeah, you would assume that maybe. hopefully they. I don't know if they had been working on Indiana Jones for that long, and I don't believe they gave a date for the Indiana Jones game to come out. So they, they probably did just did ex- an, an extreme teaser, um, and they're probably just starting that project uh, yeah. while, like, kind of to, to, to launch the LucasArts games uh, studio thing. And I'm assuming they're probably going to finish that up, I would assume. But you know what they say I about assumptions? So. I do. They make you look foolish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really good at them. Moving on. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, what else do I have? I think that's about it for... Oh, you have one achievement in Doom Eternal, but I know that you don't like Doom Eternal. Oh, no, that that, 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 that will remain one for the rest of my life. Um, But I do have to say one thing I noticed going through this is that I, for a time, the only things I was really playing on 360 were the games with gold. I try those out every month, so you can kind of tell like a lot of my gaming history was a lot of just trying these games out for a little bit, liking them or not liking them. Occasionally, I might just right time, right place. Like I played the original like Crackdown 2, I think it was. Uh, that was yep. free, and I, I kind of stuck through the whole thing oddly. I didn't like know why, but I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those games I played were um, were the free ones. I also, if you'll notice, Mass Effect, the original Mass Effect, I started playing on Xbox, and I never finished or really connected with when I first started. I got like two achievements in it, um, yep. and I eventually finished playing it for PlayStation. Um, but I wasn't hooked when I first started playing it. I was recommended playing it by my brother-in-law. I just didn't, it didn't get my hooks, it's hooks in me. And I still sure. think the Mass Effect 1 is probably one of my favorite ones in terms of gameplay compared to the other ones, minus yes, Andromeda, because Andromeda is the best. We're going to talk about Andromeda. Uh, I hope you, I hope you know. <laughs> so, uh, let's, let's move to your trophy list uh-huh. and your trophy list is, is also very storied. Um, the first thing that popped out to me immediately, because obviously it's in sort of a chronological order of, of recent, I, I do uh, have to say, uh, but I think the, the reading your history with trophies is so much easier than achievements, at least in my experience, but I'm also more centered around PlayStation to begin with. Uh, I would say that the, well, how do you say it? Like the interface on how to like look at tr- achievements and stuff. They, I mean, I thought it used to be pretty good when I was, you know, on Xbox 360 and whatever. I would say now it's like kind of tricky and a little bit like Dragonian. But let's talk about these these trophies. The first thing that I notice is that you do not have the Bug Snacks Platinum. Yeah. And I'm not like, I mean, I, I think we've talked about this. I'm not like a huge platinum guy, but doing that one, I was kind of like, well, yeah, I'm going to get the platinum for bug snacks because <laughs> it, it, it didn't take me that long. It was, it was pretty quick to go through. Um, have you, are you just not interested or um, it's, uh, I think I said it before. Every time cyberpunk crashes, I consider going back to playing bug snacks to get the platinum. Yeah. But I think ultimately like 
it's to the point in the platinum where I have to think too hard about it. Like some of the stuff to do, like I'd, I'd have to get the guide up instead of just playing it. Um, and to be honest, the, the, the game to me, uh, one of the most appealing parts was the story. Um, and sometimes I think catching those things and getting the right timing when you're trying to launch a, a, a thing at the right thing and getting the guys that are on fire to not be on fire uh, is just a, a little bit frustrating for me. Um, okay. That's why I'm not super stoked about Pokemon Snap because I hope it wouldn't be the same <laughs> thing. Uh, so I would just say like it's on my list of things that I think eventually I'll go back to um, in Platinum. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just not been the thing that's been calling to me right now. That okay, that makes sense. I mean, there's probably I probably have three, maybe four hours to get the platinum, which doesn't seem like that much time. But I would say it's less. Right. Well, from what I have left, definitely. <laughs> right. Like I mean, right there, right there. Because I, I cleaned up the the last trophies that I needed, uh, and, and I had like fifty percent when I completed the game. I compl- I cleaned that up in like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so so that is. Did you use a guide or did you just kind of go with it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, for some of it, I was like, well, this is pretty simple and straightforward. But for some of it, that was a little bit more like unclear. I, I, I used a guide. Uh, but something that I did before I finished the game was I just did all the, the side missions before the end of the game. And that sort of helped make things a little bit clear, more clear as to what exactly to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I oddly enough just got caught up in the story a little bit. And I was like, I needed to find out where this goes. <laughs> yeah. 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 That makes sense. Okay. So. Now, I know so you have the platinum for this game, but as you may or may not know, dear listener, getting the platinum trophy doesn't count. Uh, you can get the platinum trophy, but not get all the trophies if there's like DLC or if it's listed in elsewhere. So you have 92% of the trophies for Astro's Playroom. You have the platinum, but you're missing the uh, doing the speed run in less than seven minutes for those levels. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm a particularly like super competent platformer or anything like that. But I was able to do that pretty much on my first go. Right. Did, did you even try it or Absolutely or Absolutely not. I didn't even go in that area. And like speed really? like speedrunning stuff, like that's another trophy that 100% of the time if they like finish the game in 2 hours, I'm like, "No. Sure. No, you're not telling me what to do." Um and I know people got super into getting those times and it doesn't look like it's an impossible thing to do. That's just not where I have fun and the fact that um for this game it wasn't required to get the platinum made it even less likely for me to do that. Um I mean, I think with a lot of these these and I think that's why trophies are more appealing to me than achievements because to get that perfect gamer score on a game you have to do literally everything, but this one it's like no you don't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I, I don't really ever have any need to turn on Astro's Playroom again. Sure. I um Again, I said this when I played it. I talked a lot of smack. Uh, it's, a, it's a good game that I <laughs> actually really enjoyed. And um, think about frequently because it, it just controlled really well. And I thought that it did a lot of cool stuff with that controller there. Um, but that, you know, that makes sense. Can't bl- Cannot blame you for it. It's not your thing. But I was just curious because... As someone who's not really a platformer guy or even a speedrunner guy, um, I did I did that pretty easily. So I was curious about. I, I mean, why I just had, had a stop on the games I got a platinum with to try to keep up with that hundred percent because that's oh, where it yeah. gets crazy. Because I think some of the worst trophies are always um, DLC trophies. Like usually mm-hmm. they're the worst. It like makes you do a new game plus or makes you do some ridiculous stuff. And and usually by that point I'm so like out of the game anyway that wanting to get back on it is not the thing I want to do. Yeah. No, that that tracks. And plus, when I'm done um, with the platinum, that is, I'm just done with the game. Delete it off my hard drive. Never play it again. 
Yeah, well, I got the platinum for uh, Miles Morales, and I was like, wow. Oh, no, I'm done. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. like, I thought it was a good length, but I was kind of like, oh, okay. I guess I'll see you later, Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, it's, good. it's a good game, though. Um, so, second here, and it seems like you just got this game. You have no trophies for Man Eater, but it appears that you have it or have started it. Yeah, so it's a play- PlayStation Plus game. Yeah. So I downloaded it, and I accidentally started it instead of Cyberpunk. That makes sense. Yeah. And then um, and then I exited out real quick because like I want I want to give this game a weekend of just I got a good little ten hour chunk of time to get it out there. Yeah, because here's the thing: I don't know if you'll like finish it, but it's definitely like if you know it's on PlayStation Plus, so it's definitely worth trying out and being like, okay, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, yeah, I got to the point where so. I downloaded it, so I think that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, I I would I would you know I would recommend it. I think the gameplay gets a little samey, but I think the narration. Hey man, it was on your top ten list. I gotta play it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going back to Genshin Impact. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so it says you have two hours of, of Demon Souls, and then you just didn't play it again. Yeah, that- yeah. I, I think at one point I said that uh, at the time, like I'm going to get back into it. I just wanted to see what a, a PS5 game would would look like, like yeah. at launch when I first got it on my 4K monitor. This is like the best possible thing I can do. Because let me tell you, Bug Snacks didn't do it. Nope, did not do it. Um, and I could have uh, done probably Spider Man, but I was I was interested enough in playing it when it first came out. Sure, sure. Yeah, Bug Snacks could have run on the GameCube. Uh, <laughs> could run on the phone. <laughs> yes, but uh, yes, yes. Okay, that that makes sense. I figured it was something like that. Um, you got one hour, no trophies of the Evil Within, Justin. Yeah. It's not a very good game, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I got through the first. Um, Got, got through the first hospital level of it. Yeah, that that was like the you don't have any guns. You have to like, and like I, sneak around the guy. I dug that. That was kind of cool. Yeah, uh, very but, outlast. Very but then you invasion. get into like the open world, and I was just kind of like, <sighs> and I don't like I don't like those kind of spooky games anyway. I mean, I, I've still sure. never oh, yeah, beaten right. Resident Evil Four, um, and I feel like that game is obviously heavily uh, connected to Resident Evil Four. Um, yeah, and well, it's a uh, Shinji Mikami. Correct. Uh, and I, you know, it, yeah, I could have, I, I could play it, but I just realized I didn't like it enough. Mm-hmm. Sure, that makes sense. I've, uh, I played it. It was one of the first games I had on the Xbox One, and I, I really, really, really liked it. Uh, well, I didn't like really, really, really like it. I just, it was the one of the only games I had. So I was like, I'm gonna play this to the end. Uh, and it's basically nonsense. Like the story is basically <laughs> nonsense. But I've heard that the second one is actually quite interesting. And it's like we, like I've heard some weird stuff about it. It's open world, which is not tr- traditionally what you associate with like horror. But um, uh, it makes sense that you didn't like that game. Now that I'm thinking about it, and, and um, I gotta say, like things like yeah. I think Game Pass is so great for me because I'm the kind of player. Who there are a couple games I'll probably play 100% through, but I just like trying out a game, seeing if I like it, and if it doesn't really yeah. like sink uh, its its teeth into me um, within the first hour, I just kind of get out of it. Um, and sometimes I do the bad thing, like I think I did this with Ori in the Blind Forest, where I start playing it in a time where I don't really have time to to get into it enough. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I might not come back to that one for a while, but I still will. <laughs> sure. At one point, he says five years later, playing it. <laughs> I. Justin, you don't have to go back to Evil Within. Of of the games on your <laughs> list of, of that were like one achievement or none, I was like Evil Within is probably not top on that list of things. But that, I guess that makes sense here. Uh, you have less than one hour of Resident Evil Seven, but I forget that you don't love scary games, 
Like, that's not your thing. Do you want to hear the worst part about that? Yeah. I've never actually played the game Resident Evil 7. I've only what? played the demo of it. Oh, okay, sure. Um, so I never actually game. like went into it to play it. I just kind of played the demo a couple times because it was like the closest thing I could get to PT, I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's a great game, though. Like, like because the beginning is very like PT where you're like exploring an abandoned house and then the like real get like it kicks that out and it's like we're going to run at you with a shovel. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's actually very tense. That is, and it's that, like it's yeah. That's legitimately on my list of things I want to play. Um probably I'll wait till Halloween of next year, but that's definitely something that for the longest time I want to play it on PSVR, but again, that's a oh, more gosh. that's a more active experience because they say it's a good place to play it. In terms of I've being heard like that it's a really comfortability good place. controls and also just the overall, um, uh, what do they call that? Uh, like atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, perfect for VR. Yeah. Or not perfect if you're a little scared baby like me. But or like me, I would not. I would. I'm a brave. I, I'm I'm real brave. Of like, I'll play it on my TV. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> if I have to be in it, no, no, thank you. I think I'm probably gonna replay it before uh, Resident Evil Village comes out. But we're getting more news about that. I think next week or the week after. Um, you know, yeah, we, it it's takes weird. a village I, wh- to play. A biohazard. <laughs> it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Yeah, you were close. I tried. I, I, I tried. I was going with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you do not have the platinum for Mass Effect Andromeda, and that surprised me more than anything it, else on this list. It was one that I was actually cons- actually all the Mass Effect games. Like uh, when I played the original three, um, it was like uh, one of those things where. Um, I wasn't really into Platinums yet, and I don't really think those mm-hmm. would be super fun Platinums because the amount of times you'd have to probably replay them to get all the right endings and stuff because I think you oh, did yeah, have to sure, replay yeah. them several times, which, again, I played Mass Effect 3 several times doing the same choices except one to try to save Miranda, uh, so that was a mistake. <laughs> um, yeah. I forget why I never finished um, the uh, Mass Effect Andromeda one, um, I think just it was a lot of just like finishing things on a on a map that seems boring. Sure, and, that makes sense. And it's, I just didn't yeah. get back into it at that point. And there's multiplayer trophies, like a tutorial, oh, then forget about like it. not not super crazy ones. Um, oh wait, no. And the other the other one, you have to complete the insanity single player game, or oh, so then, do a five yeah. gold multiplayer extraction. So, no thanks. Yeah, no, thank you. Actually, no, thank you. Never happened. I got two more. I got two more here that that made me think. So you have, uh, at least in my initial look at the trophies, and I didn't really, I I was having a hard time figuring out what you had gotten uh, through just like through the new interface with everything with like the PS5. Mm -hmm. But was I reading it correctly that you did not finish Titanfall 2? That's not correct. I finished it. And I actually played the multiplayer more than I thought. Um, okay. Uh, and I believe I did play it on this, but I did beat the main story, um, and I did play multiplayer for longer than I thought I would. And that was like one of those things, like because I played it so late after it came out uh, that yeah. I thought there wouldn't be people playing multiplayer. But you know, oh, there are. Sure enough, people were playing it, and I wasn't terrible either. <laughs> I I love Titanfall two, the single player. I love Titanfall two, the multiplayer. Uh, it's a shame that it seems like we would never get Titanfall three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like ah, it's so good. Stand stand by for Titanfall. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so good. Um, in right, my last one here, uh, spoilers for Until Dawn. You haven't achieved. You have a trophy, excuse me, for Until Dawn. Uh, if you remember how the end of that game goes, you and 
the, the, all the people who are left alive in the game are inside the house, inside like the foyer, <laughs> and the Wendigos, which have been the the bad guys throughout the whole game. Um, there's like a big pack of them. There are these like monsters are all in the room with you, and basically the idea is that uh, Hayden Panettiere's character Sam is supposed to be the last person out, and she is supposed to run out the door, turn the light on, and blow up all the monsters. Now you have an achievement for Sam immediately flicking the light switch uh, right at the end of that game. So did you kill all of your friends at the end? Um. So for that game, uh, I played. Yeah. I played through it once. Um, yeah. With uh, my girlfriend. Um. I took. I would. I would like to. I would like to imagine that that is how most playthroughs of Until Dawn went. Correct. And we played it. So <laughs> I was in control of the male characters, and she was in uh, control of the female characters. Sure. Um, and um, I gotta say, I don't know how great of a of a game it is when you can go through the whole game pretty much saving <laughs> everybody, and a single choice at the end can kill everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and because I, I believe the choice was like to go back in or turn the light on, and like. So the whole time you're like. It's, it's it doesn't like let it it's not very clear which i think is the big problem um it's not very clear that when she leaves she's going Correct. to flick the light Correct. switch and kill everyone <clears throat> or and, and you know blow it up so uh something similar happened with elena and i we got almost everyone out and one of the totems like told us something we were like oh that means to leave because he's gonna be yep. fine <laughs> yep yep and that's not the case um and I think yeah, so. Okay, I, that makes and sense. I would say that goes under the issue of um, just not being clear in terms of like what they yeah. want the game. Very similar to Cyberpunk, with the ending with Cyberpunk, when I didn't mm-hmm. know what to do on my first playthrough, that I ended up making the right choice and you made the wrong one. Um, and like I did, I, I felt like I was making wrong choices every everywhere I could, but that wasn't because of anything other than the game wasn't clear with what the right choice was or why. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Okay. But Detroit Become Human, I think, fixes all those issues to the point where it's actually fun to replay things from the timeline where I did yeah. not get that from uh, replaying parts uh, or wanting to replay par- parts of Until Dawn. Uh, it just seemed a little bit more cumbersome to, to, to see what choices you needed to redo. Yeah, and I think that with Until Dawn versus like Detroit, Until Dawn wanted you to see every single piece of the game, whereas Detroit... like was fine if you missed certain areas yeah. and certain like parts of it because they wanted it to be like to have that sort of replayability well, unless you so, get into the concentration camp and you you killed your friend by accident because you didn't hide in the right closet and then you just die in a concentration camp at the end yeah i didn't i didn't get to the concentration camp weird I, how you didn't get the worst ending for kara's character yeah i think that that was maybe not <laughs> I'll, I'll say this hey i'll say this david cage has a lot of flaws as a, as a game director and and creator uh putting concentration camps in that way in a video game was probably one of his most egregious offenses yeah <laughs> and of, of a game full of egregious offenses about uh race and and other things i'm not i'm not laughing at i'm i'm laughing at how poorly handled and how untasteful that game is heavy handed would be a term yeah and i think that he thought that it was going to be extremely poignant and that people were going to walk away being like 
wow, what a message. What a daring <laughs> thing he had to say when it was just like the most like on the nose, absolutely horrifically offensive thing. Yeah. But moving away from that, um, I have a list here of your platinums. You have 17 platinums, truly 16 because you got the double platinum for Spider-Man. Oh, um, well, you've, you, okay, I mean, Truly 15, because my name is Mayo was one of them. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know that game, so I saw that that was on there, but I didn't you know You have what to press, was. like, A 500 times. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, 15. Um, I, I tried to get the Spider-Man Platinum, but for whatever reason, it, it says I don't have a save. So, I can't get the Platinum for the Spider-Man Deluxe Edition. That's fine. Oh, that sucks. I guess yeah, you have I to mean, play like it again. It, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, it's a good game, but I just played it, like, last year. So uh, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read through your platinum list, and then I have a single question about about the list. Ooh, okay. Let's so this is in no specific order. Uh, this is in the order that I saw them, and I realized about halfway down your list that um, that I was gonna do this. That I was gonna write them all down. <laughs> so it's like in literally no order. <laughs> so uh, we have God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider Man, Spider Man Miles Morales, Assassin's Creed Origins, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Near Auto- uh, Automata. Astro's Playroom, Control, Batman the Telltale Game, Fallout 4, Horizon Zero Dawn, My Name is Mayo, Rocket League, Dragon Age Inquisition, and Telltale's The Walking Dead. I think that's a wonderful list. What makes you platinum a game? What makes you, like, when you're playing a game, I assume there becomes the time when you're like, I want to platinum this. And what is that point? Uh, it, it's mostly the list. Um... The the, yeah. the list in most cases will will determine if I do it or not, um, and if it looks like it's something that's achievable without super many multiple playthroughs and something that's not going to necessarily one hundred percent ruin my uh, my experience playing it. I also mm-hmm. really like to do like kind of like the more open world games that where there aren't missable trophies. If there's a missable sure. trophy, it the the missable trophies have ruined me playing Cyberpunk. Because I looked up, there were several miss, uh, missable trophies that you have to try to spec your character in a certain way. And rather than just specking my character in a certain way, I have just not upgraded up, 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 uh, my character waiting till I have all the points that I need to just do it and then save scum it. Yeah. But I think a good platinum has trophies that make you see every part of the game um, at your own pace without having impossible trophies, ones that aren't annoying. The hardest trophy I got on that list is easily... Um, Dragon Age Inquisition because oh, I, had a, I had to play through it twice which I normally wouldn't do but I love that game I mean that is mm-hmm. like your Bioware kind of like story driven thing like it, it's an awesome game and I felt like it was one of those that by the time I got to the end of my initial playthrough I learned how to play it better um, so mm-hmm. I went and replayed it on the hardest difficulty which again something I wouldn't normally do but I did um, uh, on this and I think I even on that hardest difficulty it wasn't just like I did everything except replay it on the hardest difficulty I saved a bunch of trophies to 100% on that last uh, playthrough too because I felt like sure. I was good and I love that combat with it too that is like the perfect mixture of having kind of like the tactical you can like pull your camera up and like choose different people to do different things but also like pull down and it's like a third person action game that you can control mm-hmm. all your characters, your main members, your your party members, and it like choose who you want to do. It's just a really good combat system that I really liked and it was really strategical. So with the exception of that one, it really is based on the kind of list. 
Um, and I think if you'll notice my list, the first party Sony games have generally a lot of those first party Sony games have really good trophy lists that make you want to go yeah. back and do it. And I think that is like the perfect way to like show your appreciation and like for a game. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, just makes you, um, makes you feel like you've completed it to a point where you're actually done with it. Sure. The, the three games on here that for me, I'd be like, I would never do this just in terms of what a workload that must be, um, is Dragon Age Inquisition. That's the first one. And by the way, it shows you now how many hours you've played a game. So for Dragon Age Inquisition, if you had to guess, I didn't write the, uh, I, I wrote that, excuse me. I did write the, uh, down the number. How much time do you think you put into Dragon Age Inquisition? 95, maybe 100. Hours? Yeah. Justin, you have 347 hours. That's not Age true. I, it must have been uh, an idle thing. Uh, There's no way in God's yeah, green okay. earth I put that much time into it. Um, okay, that makes sense. And I don't know if it was an idle thing because I was waiting for a certain thing to pop up. Like you probably, If you look at my Fallout 4, I don't, it, if you're on the screen, look at Fallout 4, and I want to know how many hours I put into that game. Hold on, technical difficulties while I look it up. Let me hold the app. I've got the app up. It says see details. I don't want to see the details of the sale. How do I X out? Okay, it's a transparent little thing. Going down to Justin's thing. Going to trophy. Okay, trophies. Um, Does it say on the app? It doesn't say on the app, Justin. Oh, gosh, how do I get out of this? Okay. Um, It doesn't, Justin, it doesn't say on the app. Where, where does it say normally? Uh, when I was looking on the actual PS4 itself, when I was comparing trophies with you, it says how many hours underneath. Oh, okay, good. I, I guess we can look that up later and put it in post. But that one I, I would probably have a lot of hours in it. Phantom Pain 2, because for yeah. Fallout to get 100% in one of your um, settlements, basically I left my game on rest mode for days in order to have that number slowly go up. That's one of the most busted Get it, doesn't make any sense trophy ever um, in sure. Fallout 4. Uh, and then in Phantom Pain, I just would always have it idle. Like, I have so many memories of me playing that game, like falling asleep to Snake sitting in his helicopter because I was just waiting yeah. for those, um, uh, like, idle missions to finish so I could, like, get the power-ups to make myself real strong and stuff. But Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, there's no but there's no way I play Dragon Age Inquisition 300 <laughs> hours. Ghost Checks actually okay, played sure. it for 300 hours. I don't know. <laughs> Got it, got it, got it. Uh, so the other two are Assassin's Creed Origins and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I'm going to be curious if you're going to platinum Assassin's Creed Valhalla, man. It's a big game. It's a big map. There's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, the I would say both Origins and Odyssey were, are, are, are also huge. Yeah. But I mean, like, how much time do you think you put into Origins and Odyssey? I don't have those numbers, but... 60, 70. Okay, because I put... So I finished the game as a non-completionist, you know... I did some of the out-of-the-way stuff, but I finished the game um, at, like, 65 hours. That's, like, how long just playing the game as a regular schmuck took me. How how close are you to getting most of the achievements? Oh, my gosh. Not even not even a little bit. Um, I'm on how long to beat Assassin's yeah. Creed Valhalla. Main story, 52.5 hours. Okay. Main story plus extras, 86 hours. Completionist, 124 hours. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, the completionist, though, doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to platinum it because, again, good trophy lists don't have you have to do literally everything in order right, to do right. it. All in all, I would say you've got a you've got a pretty great, pretty great history here uh, for audit. 
I'm going to be interested what you think of mine next week when you go over it. Um, what's that? I was just excited to do that. Oh, okay. I, got I was like, I thought there was I'm going to ask the hard hitting questions. I'm going to ask you why your demo was different than your actual final product. Yeah, it's because it was why? two years ago. Stop speaking changed. Polish to me. Um, pierogi. I don't know any Polish. Oh I, I thought I had something. <laughs> I thought I had something. Uh, I am Polish. I'm Polish. I just don't. I don't speak it. I'm not like that Polish. <laughs> I'm so Polish that I have a silent Z in my name, but like mm. not like speak it at home Polish or like went to Polish school, which like I, I know a lot of people who did. Um, it's a it's a Chicago thing apparently. Apparently in the 80s there were more Polish people in Chicago and like the Chicago area than in Warsaw, Poland. <laughs> wow, that's that's one of my fun facts about Poland. Actually. Yeah, cool. it is, isn't it? But anyway, um, you're going to realize that I'm going to make you add my old Xbox. Oh, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. Uh, a True I, Achievements? Are you on True Achievements? No. Uh, what do you mean? There's a what website called True uh, Achievements that um, you can look up people's names. So I'm sure off camera you could just tell me what it is and I can look it up. Yeah, because I could. Because here's the problem. And as you know... Uh, I had an email change that because I, I don't have the password to one of my earlier email accounts. Um, so I had a decent, at least in my ma my memory, I had a decent gamer score on there. And then I, it was lost to time when I got an Xbox One. Damn. Yeah, so there it is. Yeah, I want to see there. your 360 history. I would be interested to see that as well. Probably just like a lot of Skyrim. But I was not <laughs> like an achievement. I was not like an achievement hunter. I never was. Um, I only really started being interested in it when, when like platinums started being a thing that I had access to. So, well, Hey, thanks so much for joining us for this, our 26th episode of our podcast, which is titled Hitbox. You know, something here's a, here's a fun little fact that you can take away. Um, I used to say, which, you know, this was entitled, whatever, you know, it's, you know, entitled Hitbox, um, but entitled only refers to, um, people who feel a sense of entitlement entitlement yeah, yeah. so it's incorrect is what i'm trying to say and, and that's something that you can use in your life now and um the, our listeners can can use all it i'm gonna say is you know, who's hunt. the english teacher here because all i have to say is you'd be pretty good at it you know what I mean? <laughs> maybe i should have that's uh, uh, could have would have should have you know we'll see <laughs> there's time <laughs> there, there's always time <laughs> There is always time. Um, but unfortunately, there's no longer time for our podcast because it must come to an end here today, Sunday at 5, 10 p.m. Well, makes, Thanks so much for listening. It almost makes me want to cry. It just seems so sad. You're like, hey, it's time to go wrap up. It's like, oh, man. It is. time. You're going to make me go and play Cyberpunk to, now until it crashes time 15 times. Time to put times. the podcast to sleep. Uh, I'm going to go play Persona 5 Royal. Elena's coming over later. Um, we are we're, we're getting through that game i love that game so much but uh, time to put the podcast to sleep we'll be back next week you know it where justin will be taking a look at my achievements and maybe there will be more cyberpunk news who knows um <laughs> i kind of feel like people are tired of that game but apparently <laughs> I think not it's interesting to talk every about. week <laughs> i guess so i guess so hey uh if you wanted to follow us on twitter you could follow us at hitbox pod or send us an email at hitbox official podcast at gmail.com you can also follow us on spotify apple podcast wherever you listen to podcasts you can probably find us we're not on soundcloud i don't think but um 
you can find us elsewhere. <laughs> Sorry, maybe maybe we should look into that. <laughs> That's fine. One day. Uh, hey, uh, Justin, do you have anything else to add? No, I'm. I, you know, I, to be honest, I thought this was going to be a lot worse than it ended up being, and that might be because you didn't see some of the embarrassing parts of my gaming history, or because maybe I don't have any embarrassing parts of my game history, or you're just not seeing all the visual novels I play on Nintendo. So I guess overall, I'm I'm pretty oh. happy. Oh, that's why we didn't include the Nintendo on this. I see. Yeah. No, it's not my fault. We, no, I know Nintendo's bad at keeping track of this sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, what, uh, what kind of what kind of visual novels are you get now? <laughs> uh, oh man, what, you you play Had a Full Boyfriend and tell me how it goes for you. Had a full is that the pigeon? That's one? the pigeon one. Okay, is that on Switch? It's on. It. I mean, it was on Game Pass at one point. So one of these days you'll get to play it for free. <laughs> I might, I might actually look into that, but hey, uh, again, thanks for listening. Always well, remember. Oh, wait, what's that? I was going to say, why did you get Game Pass? Uh, had a Full Boyfriend? Yeah, Had a Full Boyfriend is, um, there's just like a lot of titles on here that I really wanted to check out. Like, uh, you know, Had a Full Boyfriend. End of list. <laughs> <laughs> Always remember that old games are old. We'll catch you next time. Peace. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>